Before we start do not forget to download the text, the link is located in the description of this audio, it contains important photos for you to understand the context. I know how difficult it is to read the Bible. It uses many metaphors and symbolism, which I tried many times, I gave up until I prayed to God to give me wisdom and understanding, and He heard me, so I did this study, a summary of human history according to the Bible and history books of antiquity. All reports are based on facts, evidence, and proof, it was not written to offend or disrespect anyone but only to testify to the truth. After the creation of heaven and the earth and the creation of man, Adam and Eve sinned and they were banished from the Garden of Eden. God said that all their descendants would have death as punishment, and the woman would feel the worst pain of the flesh, that is, the pain of childbirth, because of their disobedience, from that point, Satan gained power on earth, before that, they used to be both pure and had no knowledge of evil. Cain killed Abel, and his descendants became evil, and they forgot about God, so the Lord decided to end all humankind through a flood. Note. One of the proofs is that there is marine limestone on top of Mount Everest, and it was also the first time God used water to cleanse the evil from humankind. The second time was with baptism. There was a man descended from Seth, Enoch, Methuselah, who lived for 969 years, and Lamech. His name was Noah, he was the only one who was still God-fearing, so God decided to spare him and gave him a task, to build an ark before the flood comes, he obeyed God, made it and saved all the animals in his family. Noah spent more than 150 days in the ark until he found dry land, after this, God made an alliance with Noah, and promised never to eliminate humankind again with a flood, he placed his rainbow in the clouds as proof of his promise, and Noah began a new succession through Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Noah planted a vineyard, and he got drunk, Ham saw him naked and laughed at his father, Noah then cursed him, claiming that Ham and his descendants would be slaves to his brothers. Note. The Noah's Ark was rebuilt by many builders in partial, reduced, and full scale. An ark replica would have to be somewhere in the range from about 135 to upward of 150 meters long, 440 to 500 plus feet. Johann's Ark in Dordrecht, Netherlands. It was done in 2012 at 137 meters 450 feet long. This is the only full-scale ark interpretation that is floating in mobile. Noah's Ark Theme Park at Mawan Island, Hong Kong. This interpretation is also 137 meters 450 feet long and was completed in December 2008. Ark Encounter Theme Park is located on a hill in Grant County, Kentucky, United States. It was opened in 2016, and it's 155 meters 510 feet long. Ham begot Cush, who married Semiramis, she is mentioned in the Bible as the Queen of Heaven, in the ancient books of paganism, and more than 80 writers of antiquity. They generated Nimrod, the first grand warrior on earth. At that time, the people feared that God would send another flood, so they built a tower too high for the waters to reach and named it the Tower of Babel. It was built of burnt brick, cemented with mortar, 
made of bitumen that might not be liable to admit water. Kush had died, and Semiramis started a relationship with Nimrod, who died years later. She spread a lie and said that Nimrod had not died but had gone to heaven. She said that Nimrod had ascended to the sun and became a god, and she changed his name to Baal slash Ninus, however, because Semiramis committed incest, she was pregnant with her son Nimrod. To hide her betrayal, she lied again, saying that her son was the reincarnation of Nimrod and that she became pregnant with his spirit, and then she said that her son Tammuz was the reincarnated sun god, Google, Sol Invictus, Ezekiel 8 verses 12 to 14, and from this, the paganism was born. During the Roman Empire, the date set for the sun god's birthday was December 25th. Note. Paganism more polytheism is when someone worships other gods, statues, portraits, pictures, or any image that impersonate a god. This is also called idolatry, a very common practice to this day, and that the only god repudiates. Also from that point the first idea of reincarnation came up. It was proven by science using an intron machine to calculate the strength of one brick. The burned bricks cause the clay particles to stick together, and they are way stronger. They can sustain 6,000 pounds, so it proves that the Tower of Babel could have been reached easily two miles high, well up to the heavens with fired brick as the Bible said. Semiramis was creating a mystery religion, and with Satan's help, she set herself up as a goddess, Ishtar, Ashtoreth, Astart, Judges chapter 2 verse 13. Tammuz was a hunter like Nimrod, and a wild animal probably killed him, his body was found slumped over a rotten tree trunk, and people started to question her but how can a god die? She said he didn't die, just returned to his place of origin, after all, the sun was still shining. Semiramis said some of his blood fell on the stump of an evergreen tree, and the stump grew into a completely new tree overnight. This made the evergreen tree sacred by the blood of Tammuz. The forty days of Lent were picked as one day for each year of his life, since he died at the age of forty, she proclaimed this period of fast and sorrow, and during this time, no meat could be ingested. After Thomas's death, she claimed herself the Mother of God and the Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah 44 verses 19 to 29. Every year, on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox, a celebration was held, it was Ishtar's Sunday and was celebrated with rabbits and eggs. They celebrated by making cakes for Ishtar, getting drunk, and participating in sexual orgies and prostitution in the temple of Ishtar. Here, we gained the habit of roasting hot buns in the form of a cross. Women were required to celebrate the conception of Tammuz by lying down in the temple and having sex with whoever entered. The man was required to leave them money. Babies were sacrificed in honor of these pagan gods, and the worshippers consumed their blood. The priest would sacrifice infants, human babies, take the eggs of Eostray slash Ishtar as symbols of fertility, and dye them in the blood of the sacrificed infants. The Easter eggs would hatch on December 25, nine months later, the same day her son Tammuz the reincarnate sun god, would be reborn. This is where the practice of coloring Easter eggs came from. Later, they changed the name of the goddess Eostray to Easter. Isaiah 57 verse 5. 5. You burn with lust among the oaks and under every spreading tree, you sacrifice your children in the ravines and under the overhanging crags. 
Jeremiah 7 verses 17 to 18. 17. Do you not see what they are doing in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? 18. The children gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women knead the dough and make cakes to offer to the Queen of Heaven. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to arouse my anger. Also, every year, it was common for people to go out and put a gift under a pine tree on the winter solstice, December 25th, as an offering to Tammuz slash Nimrod or to take a pine tree into the house or temples and adorn it with balls of gold and silver, as a symbol of Tammuz's rebirth. The tree was like an altar, where the offerings and gifts to the sun god were placed. Garlands of greenery were also hung on the doors of homes as emblems of the sun. Every good sun worshipper had a round wreath on the door of their home. The use of holly and making wreaths of laurel branches twisted into a circle symbolized the sun. Nimrod was associated with greenery, worshipped as the sun idol. After he was killed, the wreaths made into round solar shapes were emblems of him. The color red was also symbolic of the sun, bringing to mind heat. That is why the combination of green and red is on the Christmas theme. Jeremiah 10 verses 3 to 4. 3. For the practices of the peoples are worthless, they cut a tree out of the forest, and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. For they adorn it with silver and gold, they fasten it with hammer and nails so it will not totter. 2 Kings 17 verse 10. 10. They set up sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. Deuteronomy 12 verses 2 to 3. 2. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills and under every spreading tree, where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. 3. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones and burn their Asherah poles in the fire, cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places. The Babylonians had to make the T sign in front of their hearts, when they worshipped the sun god, the sign of the cross was therefore used as a magical sacred symbol to ward off evil. As the symbol of the great divinity, the mystic Tao was called the sign of life, it was used as an amulet over the heart. Then Nimrod, father, Semiramis, mother, and Tammuz, son, formed the holy family. Everybody worshipped them and continued the construction of the Tower of Babel, when God saw that they acted so madly, he caused a tumult among them by producing in them diverse languages and causing that, through the multitude of those languages, they should not be able to understand one another. So all of them migrated to other places, and the holy family was called different names, in Egypt, they were called Osiris, Isis, and Horus, in Greece, they were called Zeus, Aphrodite, and Eros, in the Roman Empire were called Jupiter, Venus, and Cupid, in India they were called Brahma, Shiva and Vishnu, in Africa Alakan, Yamoja and Orangan, in China they were called Shingmu, Dongwangong and Matsupo, in Japan. The Buddhists worshipped their great divinity, Buddha, with three heads. In the very same form, under the name of San Pao Fa, some other places in Mesopotamia were called Enki, Inanna, and Demuzid, or Dagon, Ashira and Baal. There are numerous names given to them, but since Tammuz slash Nimrod was, one, most worshippers began to use only the image of a woman with her son on her lap, but with other names.
Deuteronomy 12 verses 30 to 32. 30. And after they have been destroyed before you, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods? We will do the same. 31. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, because in worshiping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. 32. See that you do all I command you, do not add to it or take away from it. Check out the picture in the text. Note. There is not a single word in the scriptures about the precise day of Jesus' birth. The only thing that is known is that he was born in Herod's time. There is also nothing in the Bible saying that Jesus' disciples or his followers celebrated his birth, or even asking them to remember him in any other way than by his sacrifice for our sins. Jesus was a Jew and respected the laws of Moses. He came to this world to make a new covenant and rescue lost souls. Satan always attempts to be like the Most High. That was the main reason he was banished from heaven. So he duplicates a redemption story similar to the plan of God with a savior figure, who is the redeemer of mankind. But the worship he institutes is by symbolic representation in physical objects. Christmas became more popular around the 18th to 19th century in Christianity because the Sun Festival has been celebrated for millennia. It's also the most profitable holiday of the year in the world, and some people convey in debt because of it buying gifts for everyone. Unfortunately, they believe the lies they have been taught without searching for the truth from the Word of God. Although Christmas has nothing to do with Jesus, and has been a pagan festival, since the times of Babylon, this is the only date of the year that all people unite, and remember that our Savior came into the world, so the problem is not to celebrate Jesus, but the way it is done, because objects open spiritual doors inside your house, so. When you decorate your house with the Christmas tree, which was the altar of the sun god, garlands, Santa Claus, etc., these objects may seem harmless, but they are of pagan origin, and it can bring bad things to your life and your home, because they are also part of idolatry. The sacred poles or pillars mentioned in the Bible were male sexual symbols, associated with the sun god Baal in ancient Israel and Osiris in Egypt. The worship of the sacred poles means the cult of the male penis, as it was considered the god of fertility, along with the goddess Asura, the sacred poles are still erected today, although they are made of stone rather than wood. They are called obelisks, obelisk from the Latin obeliscus, meaning spike, generally their symbol is a green tree, but in the absence of that it could be a wooden stake or pole. This is the origin of the obelisks we see in many cities around the world. In the Vatican the obelisk is in the center of St. Peter's Square, in Washington D.C. in the USA it is the postcard of the city, in Japan, every year there is the Honen Saimatsuri, the fertility festival, whose main attraction is a well-carved post-idol in the shape of a male organ, a tribute to the god Matoshi and the goddess Tamaheim. 2 Kings 17 verse 16. 16 and they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made an Asherah pole, and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. 2 Kings 21 verse 3. 3. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he reared up altars for Baal, and made an Asherah, as did Ahab king of Israel, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. Judges 6 verse 30. 30. 
Then the men of the city said unto Josh, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath broken down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the Asherah that was by it. Check out the picture in the text. Sometime later, all of Mesopotamia was taken by idolatry, but a man caught God's attention, his name was Abram, the descendant of Shem and son of Terah, he was from Ur of the Chaldeans, modern-day Iraq, he married his half-sister Sarai and went to Haran, southern Turkey, God had told Abram to leave his country and kindred and go to a land that he would show him, he promised to make of him a great nation, bless him, make his name great, bless them that bless him, and curse them who may curse him. He was 75 years old when he started his journey. He went to Canaan, modern-day Israel, he took his nephew Lot with him. There was a severe famine in the land of Canaan, and they went to Egypt. On the way, Abram told Sarai to say that she was his sister so that the Pharaoh would not kill him and take her as his wife. Pharaoh fell in love with her and took her to the palace, Abram prayed, and God afflicted Pharaoh and his household with plagues, so Pharaoh sent Abram away and gave him many riches. He and Lot returned to Canaan, both had many cattle, and they decided to go separate ways to avoid fights. Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and his uncle stayed in Hebron. There was a war called the Battle of Siddim, with the defeat of Sodom and Gomorrah, the people took Lot prisoner, but Abram, with only eighteen men and God's help, defeated them. Abram made a covenant with God that promised him the land and descendants as numerous as the stars. Sarai was sterile, furthermore, she was already ninety years old and could not wait, so she gave her servant Hagar to give her children through her, so Ishmael was born, he is considered by the Muslims the ancestor of the Arab people, and his descendants were called the Ishmaelites. Note. Sarai did not have the patience to wait for God's promise, so she decided to do it in her own way. She gave Hagar as Abram's concubine, and because of this, until today, Muslims are rivals of the Jews. Sometimes we do not know how to wait for God's will, and we want to do everything our way, and we end up bringing a curse to our own life, and also to our descendants. At the age of 99, God reaffirms the promise with Abram and asks for the circumcision of all men and babies to be carried out on the eighth day, which is called the Covenant of the Pieces, God also changes the names of Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah thus ending Sarah's sterility. The Lord, Jesus, yes, because he already existed before all creation, John 1 verses 1 to 5 8 58, and two angels visited Abraham and said Sarah would have a child in a year, Sarah was listening, hidden from the conversation and laughed because she was already too old. So the Lord asked why she laughed as if there was something impossible for God. The Lord also said he would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because sin had worsened considerably. Abraham was afraid for Lot, so Abraham began to ask if fifty righteous people were there, couldn't the Lord spare them? Or thirty, twenty, ten, the Lord sent his angels to find some honest people. Lot saw them and asked the angels to spend the night at his house. The situation was so out of control that several men surrounded the house and asked, where were the men who had arrived in the city? We want to have sex with them. Lot then begged the people not to harm them, so they forced the door, and the angels blinded them all. The angels asked Lot to flee with his family and not look back because God would destroy the city. God made rain, sulfur, and fire, but while running Lot's wife looked back, and by disobeying God she turned into a statue of salt. Abraham left for Gerar, when he got there, 
he was afraid and made the same mistake, he told King Abimelech that Sarah was his sister, she was already pregnant, at that time, kings and pharaohs killed their husbands to stay with their wives, and the king also fell in love with Sarah and took her from Abraham. However, God spoke to the king during a dream and demanded him to return Sarah, the king did it and gave Abraham many treasures, and he prayed for the king and forgave him. After that Isaac was born, Hagar and Ishmael were creating many problems out of Isaac's envy, so Sarah asked Abraham to send them away, he didn't like the idea of sending his son away, but God spoke to him and told him to do as Sarah asked, he also promised that he would give Ishmael a great number of descendants for being Abraham's son. Note. These descendants are all the Muslims, and the fight between the Israelites' descendants of Isaac with them began from there until today. They claimed the rights of the land of Israel because Ishmael was the firstborn, but Isaac was the son of God's promise. God commanded Abraham to offer his son up as a sacrifice in the land of Moriah. He traveled three days, and when he prepared his son to give him in sacrifice, Isaac asked his father where the animal for the burnt offering was, to which Abraham replied, God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering. Just as Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, he was interrupted by the angel of the Lord, and he saw behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, which he sacrificed instead of his son. Note. At that time, because of idolatry, it was common for children to be given in sacrifice to other gods. The Holocaust was seen as a covenant with God for the purification of the sins, but God never asked for children in sacrifice, only animals. Everyone who sinned had to sacrifice a pure and flawless animal to purify themselves. God put him on this situation only to show that we need to put God in first place in our lives. Even the family comes after God because each life belongs to him and not to us. Sarah died at 127 years old. After her death, Abraham sent for a bride for Isaac, Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, Laban's sister. Rebekah married Isaac and received a prophecy from God while she was pregnant, he said, the older would serve the younger, its statement, one people will be stronger than the other, so she gave birth to Esau and Jacob, and they were twins and Esau was redhead, Jacob was born holding Esau's heel. While they were children, Jacob offered to give Esau a bowl of stew in exchange for his birthright, the right to be recognized as firstborn, and Esau agreed. They grew up, and Esau became a brave hunter, while Jacob helped his parents in all tasks. Isaac became blind in his old age and decided to bestow the blessing of the firstborn upon Esau, but Rebekah thought that Isaac's blessings should go to Jacob, so she had a plan, and she dressed him in Esau's garments and laid goatskins on his arms and neck to simulate hairy skin. Isaac didn't notice the difference, and then he blessed him with the heaven's dew, the earth's fatness, and rulership over many nations as well as his brother. When Esau came back and found out what happened, he was filled with hatred toward Jacob for taking away both his birthright and his blessing, and he wanted revenge against Jacob, Rebekah sent Jacob to her brother's house, Laban. When he got there, Jacob fell in love with Rachel and asked Laban to marry her, and as a dowry, he would work for her for seven years. After seven years, Laban saw his business thrive at Jacob's hands, and his greed made him set up a plan to deceive Jacob. He made sure Jacob got very drunk and gave Leah, his eldest daughter, to sleep with him instead of Rachel. When Jacob woke up he was furious, but as he loved Rachel very much he decided to work for her for another seven years. At that time, Jacob rejected Leah, 
but she gave him six sons and a daughter. God told Jacob to leave Laban's house and return to Canaan. He went with all his treasures, cattle, etc., because Jacob prospered on everything he touched, and God was always with him. Rachel stole her father's idols, so Laban went after them but found nothing, so they made a covenant that they would never step on each other's land again. Jacob was very afraid of being killed by his brother Esau, who hated him. When he learned that his brother was coming to meet him with 400 men, he sent his family down another way, and he spent the night alone, fasting and asking God to spare him. Then the Lord, Jesus, appeared, and Jacob fought with him to be blessed. The Lord then asked his name and Jacob answered. The Lord said, From now on you will call yourself Israel, and blessed him. Jacob met his brother Esau after all those years, and Esau forgave him. Jacob went to Salem, modern-day Jerusalem, built an altar for God there, and called him the God of Israel. Dinah, his daughter, wanted to get to know the city, so she went to Shechem and met the town's prince, he invited her to a party. She attended, he raped her, when she returned home her brothers were furious and promised to take revenge, the other day the prince went to Jacob and proposed to her, Jacob accepted the marriage. However, only if all the city's men were circumcised then Simeon and Levi planned to attack the city while the men were recovering, they killed everyone in the city and plundered it, Jacob was very disappointed with his sons and decided to leave the city. Rachel became pregnant again and gave birth to Benjamin, but she died in childbirth. Jacob met Isaac again, who died at 180 years old. Thus were born the twelve tribes of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Benjamin, Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh sons of Joseph later split into two half-tribes. Joseph was Jacob's most beloved son because he was the son of his old age, and his brothers did not like him. Jacob made a long and colorful tunic at that time, it was meant to be for his favorite son, so his brothers began to hate Joseph more and more, to the point of treating him poorly. God was with Joseph because he was the only one of the brothers who feared him, so he began to talk to Joseph through dreams. Joseph said, Brothers, listen to my dream, we were tying bundles of wheat, and my bundle rose and stood up when my bundle rose your bundles bowed before it. Listen to the second dream I had. This time, the sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed before me. It was God revealing his own story. One day Jacob asked Joseph to check out what his brothers were doing. When the brothers saw him from far, they got outraged, and Simeon urged them to throw Joseph into the hole and kill him, Reuben did not agree with them to kill him, but they threw him into the hole anyway, and left him there, at the end of the day a caravan of Ishmaelite was passing by, and Judah gave the idea that they sold Joseph as a slave for twenty shekels of silver, and they did it. Then they returned home and lied to Jacob that they found Joseph's tunic full of blood on the way, so Jacob thought a wild beast had killed him. Note. God punished them later, but Judah suffered the most for betraying his brother. God took away his two sons and his wife. However, he later had two more children with his widowed daughter-in-law Tamer, called Perez and Zerah, from them the tribe of Judah was formed. Jesus was the descent of Perez, and the term originates from the tribe of Judah, being the only tribe of Israel that was preserved from mischaracterization after the invasion of the Assyrians. While the other tribes were forcibly mixed with the pagan people, 
the descendants of Judah kept their traditions during the Babylonian exile. Thus, it can be said that not all primitive Israelites could be considered Jews in the ethnic sense, so they were called Hebrews before that. Joseph prospered in everything he did, his father taught him to read and write, at that time, very few people knew. Potiphar was impressed with him and put him as the administrator of his house, Joseph was very handsome, so Potiphar's wife began to desire him, but Joseph was faithful to God and did not fall for it, so one day, when they were alone at home she grabbed him, but he fled, she got angry and accused him of harassment, Potiphar was very fond of Joseph, but sent him to prison anyway because of her. God was with Joseph, he earned everyone's sympathy, and Joseph ended up in charge of the other prisoners. One day, the baker and the butler ended up in prison, and Joseph interpreted their dreams. Two years later, Pharaoh had two disturbing dreams. No one in the whole of Egypt knew the meaning of this, so the butler remembered Joseph, and Pharaoh asked for him, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams by saying that the seven fat cows would be seven years of prosperity, and skinny cows would be seven years of drought all over the earth. So Joseph gave Pharaoh advice to store food during the prosperity time so that he could have during the tough times. Pharaoh was so pleased that he recognized that God was with Joseph, and he put Joseph in the position of governor of Egypt, only Pharaoh was above Joseph, that day Pharaoh gave a senath to him as his wife and changed Joseph's name to Zaphnath Paniah which means, God saves, he lives. Time passed, and everything Joseph said happened, he stored food in the barns, and his wife gave birth to Manasseh and Ephraim. The famine hit Joseph's family in Canaan, Israel then sent the ten sons who betrayed Joseph to buy food in Egypt. Although, Israel did not allow Benjamin to go there for fear of losing him since it was a long trip. Joseph immediately recognized the brothers but did not recognize him, they all bowed before Joseph, as God had revealed to him in a dream. Joseph asked where they were from, and they answered, so Joseph said, It's a lie, you came here to spy and threw them into prison for three days, they said, We are all sons of the same man named Israel, we are twelve brothers one died and the youngest is with our father, Joseph said, If this is true bring me the younger brother, and to ensure that you will come back, one of you will be left behind. They agreed but talked to each other that God was punishing them for what they did to Joseph, as they spoke Hebrew, Joseph understood everything they said, so he left and cried, when he returned, he arrested Simeon and ordered them to carry on all the supplies, back to Canaan. When they arrived, they begged Israel to let Benjamin go, but Israel resisted a lot, so Reuben promised he would bring him back. The brothers returned to Egypt and bowed down again at Joseph's feet, they brought Benjamin and many gifts to him, so Joseph organized a banquet, after this, he ordered his servants to organize the sacks and put a silver cup in Benjamin's sack, he wanted to test the brothers to make sure if they had changed. So his servant ran to them and said, Why did you pay well with evil? Stealing my lord, they denied it and answered, How could we steal it after so much kindness? If you find something with someone here, this one will die, they searched the sacks, and the cup was found with Benjamin as planned, and they got desperate, Judah said God brought our sins to light, now we are all your slaves. Joseph answered, only the youngest will be my slave, so Judah said, My father loves Benjamin very much, the boy who stole the cup. If he doesn't come back with us, my father will die crying. 
Judah asked that he be kept in Benjamin's place as a slave. Joseph couldn't contain himself and began to cry, and said, I'm Joseph. Is my father still alive? The brothers were so shocked that they couldn't answer. Now, do not be afflicted or guilty yourselves for having sold me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me before you. There have already been two years of famine in the land, and there will be no cultivation or harvest in the next five years. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve our descendants on this earth and to save your lives with great deliverance. So it wasn't you who sent me here, but God himself. He made me Pharaoh's minister, the administrator of the whole palace, and the governor of all of Egypt. Joseph hugged and cried with each of his brothers and sent them to bring his father with all the flocks, grandchildren, and possessions they owned and bring everything to Egypt because the famine would still last five more years. The brothers returned and told their father that Joseph was alive and the governor of all of Egypt. Israel's heart almost stopped, he said, Enough, my son Joseph is still alive, I will go and see him before I die. Israel left with everything he had, and when he saw his son, he hugged him and cried a lot. So Joseph's family lived in the best region of Egypt, Jacob lived for seventeen years in Egypt, and when he died, his brothers were still afraid and wrote a letter to Joseph, Before our father died, he asked you to forgive us, because we treated you with great wickedness, so now please forgive our sin. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, saving many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Genesis 50 verses 19 to 21. Leviticus 19 verse 18. 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Note. God had a plan in Joseph's life, and through him, God saved many lives by keeping food for everyone. He also forgave the unforgivable. This shows how God can generate well in the midst of the suffering and hostility of the world, and how sometimes we are vindictive, and we do not want to forgive little things, while Joseph forgave a great evil they did to him. Forgiveness is liberating and as God's word says, he will only forgive us if we forgive the other people, from the bottom of our heart, even those who have done us harm, no matter how many times, because if we seek for revenge, we bring curses to our life instead of blessings. Check out Abraham's family tree in the text. 400 years have passed, and Joseph's memory remained in the past, unlike Pharaoh, who was very good to Joseph, another Pharaoh was in charge, and he was evil in person, Israel's descendants became slaves for all those years because they forgot God, the Israelites became so many that Pharaoh Ramses II was afraid they would rebel against Egypt, so he had all the Hebrew male babies killed. However, a woman who did not want to lose her son put him in a basket and put him in the river, knowing that Pharaoh's daughter was bathing nearby, his name was Moses. Pharaoh's daughter saw him and adopted him, he grew up like a prince, and by Pharaoh's son's side, they were like brothers. When he was forty years old, Moses decided to visit his Israeli brothers and saw a slave being beaten, he took a stone and killed the Egyptian officer, knowing about the punishment Pharaoh would give him, 
he fled to Midian, present-day Saudi Arabia. A few years later, Moses got married, and one day, when he was shepherding the flock, a bush began to catch fire but did not burn, and from there a voice came, it was the voice of God, and announced that he was the chosen one to free his people from slavery, and take them to the promised land, Canaan, Israel. Moses was afraid and said, How will I do for Pharaoh to free our people? And God said I would be with you. Forty years later, Moses then returned to Egypt and got reunited with his family, his blood brothers Aaron and Miriam. Moses and Aaron went to the palace, the new Pharaoh was happy to see Moses again because they had grown up together, but Moses had news that they would not please Pharaoh, he said the only living God commanded the people to worship him for three days in the desert, but Pharaoh denied it, got angry, and made the slaves work even harder. Moses returned and asked Pharaoh to let the people go, or God would send ten plagues that would devastate the Egyptians, all plagues affected only the Egyptians and not the Hebrews. These were the plagues, the river turned to blood, frogs, lice, flies, pestilence of livestock, festering boils broke out on Egyptians, the thunderstorm of hail and fire, locusts, darkness for three days, and the last was the death of all the firstborns. Moses then warned everyone to sacrifice a lamb and pass the blood on the doorposts, so the angel of death would take only the firstborn of those who did not follow his instructions, he also instructed them to bake the lamb and make unleavened bread to take on the trip, all this ritual was called Pesach, Passover. Or as we know, Easter. Note. This is the real Passover, not the one we celebrate with chocolate eggs. Jesus was a Jew and celebrated Passover. Easter with unleavened bread, the lamb, yes, he ate meat, the wine that represents the blood of the lamb, and bitter herbs that represent the bitterness of slavery of the ancestors. While the commercial Easter or pagan, began in Babylon with Semiramis, but gained strength due to the Romans. They worshipped the goddess of fertility Istra. Easter and the rabbits, colored eggs, was meaning of fertility, rebirth, and resurrection after Rome adopted Christianity as a religion they mixed paganism with the actual Jewish Passover, and today we have another holiday distorted by the Roman Church. What we must do is, celebrate Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection but not with chocolate eggs but with prayer and thanksgiving. Because if you celebrate the way the pagans did, you will end up bringing curses to your life, instead of blessings, because you will be acting against the Word of God. The word Easter appears in the KJV translation, but in the Greek from which it is translated, it is Pasha, and it means Passover, from the Hebrew word Pesach. All scholars admit that this is an error in translation, and it only appears once, in Acts 12.4. Luke, who wrote almost 40% of the writings in the New Testament, didn't put it there as Easter. He wrote it as Pesach, Passover. The KJV is the only one with this error since translators have since corrected it in all others. When the angel of death passed through all of Egypt, he killed all the firstborns, including Pharaoh's only son, he was devastated by the death of his son, and he called Moses and gave permission for him and his people to leave Egypt. The Egyptians gave many treasures to the Hebrews, and they left Egypt. God took them down a path where they did not have to meet other people and go to war because, despite all the miracles, the people still doubted. During the day, a pillar of cloud guided God's people, and during the night, a pillar of fire. Pharaoh was very angry and decided to take revenge, he summoned his entire army and went after the Hebrews. 
When the Hebrews saw the Egyptians coming toward them, they said to Moses, Did you bring us here to die? Moses then prayed, and God told him to extend his rod under the waters, and then came a great wind that divided the waters, and the Hebrews were able to cross the Red Sea safely. When they reached the other side, Moses stretched out his rod again and the sea closes down on the pursuing Egyptians, drowning them all. Moses guided the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, where he received the Ten Commandments and laws of God, he spent a long time on the mountain talking with God, meanwhile, the Israelites began to be anxious because of Moses' delay, and some of them thought he would not return, they began to ask Aaron for a leader, so they had the unfortunate idea of creating a golden calf to worship. In Egypt the most people were pagan and worship statues, so they decided to make this image by saying that the golden calf was the God of Israel. God told Moses to return quickly because the people had become corrupted in idolatry. When Moses returned and saw the golden calf, he threw the tablets of stone on the ground with the Ten Commandments, and they were broken. Moses destroyed the golden calf and turned it into dust, and then he returned to the mountain and asked forgiveness for what the people did which softened the wrath of God, but still, God punished them by keeping them for forty years in the wilderness, and warned that only their descendants would see the promised land, due to their lack of faith and worship of a statue. God told Moses that he would send an angel ahead to drive out his enemies from Canaan, Israel, lands, then gave him other tablets with the written commandments on both sides, and reaffirmed the covenant with the people of Israel, and then God gave Moses these Ten Commandments. Check out the commandments in the text. Ten Commandments from God Exodus 20 verses 2 to 17. Number 1. I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Ten Commandments from the Papacy. Number 1. I am the Lord your God, you shall not have strange gods before me. Commandments from God. Number 2. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image, nor any manner of likeness, of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Commandments from the Papacy. Erased because the Catholic Church uses statues and images and worships them, this is a habit that came from the Romans who always bowed down to statues of other gods. Commandments from God. Number 3. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 2. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Commandments from God. Number 4. Remember the Sabbath day, Saturday, to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor, and do all thy work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath unto the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not do any manner of work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it, Commandments from the Papacy Number 3. Remember to keep holy the Lord's Day. We are commanded to keep the Sunday holy by attending and participating at Mass and by resting from our labors and business concerns. Explanation of Catechism of the Catholic Church It's not in God's law, and Jesus never said it in His ministry. 
Commandments from God. Number 5. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 4. Honor your father and your mother. Commandments from God. Number 6. Thou shalt not kill. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 5. You shall not kill. Commandments from God. Number 7. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 6. You shall not commit adultery. Commandments from God. Number 8. Thou shalt not steal. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 7. You shall not steal. Commandments from God. Number 9. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Commandments from the Papacy. Number 8. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Commandments from God. Number 10. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Commandments from the Papacy. Split in two. Number 9. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Number 10. You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. The Catholic Church Mirror, official publication of James Cardinal Gibbons, September 23, 1893. The Catholic Church, by virtue of her divine mission, changed the day from Saturday to Sunday. Catholic Records of London, Ontario Set, 1, 1923. Sunday is our mark of authority, the Church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath, from Saturday, observance is proof of that fact. Cardinal Gibbons, in Faith of Our Fathers 92nd edition, page 89. You may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday, the scriptures enforce the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we, the Catholic Church, never sanctify. Our Sunday Visitor, February 1950. Protestants do not realize that by observing Sunday, they accept the authority of the spokesperson of the Church, the Pope. Pope Francis, Catholic.org, July of 2014. Working on Sunday has negative effect on families. Maybe it's time to ask ourselves if working on Sundays is true freedom. Spending Sundays with the family and friends is an ethical choice for faithful and non-faithful alike. Revelation 22 verses 18 to 19. 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. 19. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. Proverbs 30 verses 5 to 6. 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. 6. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 14. 14. I know that everything God does will endure forever, nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Deuteronomy 4 verse 2. 2. 
Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Popes adopted the title, Vicarious Filii Dei, which means Substitute of God, in 1895, an article from the Catholic National stated. The Pope is not only the representative of Jesus Christ, but he is Jesus Christ himself hidden under the veil of flesh. Does the Pope speak? It is Jesus Christ who speaks. Does the Pope accord a favor or pronounce an anathema? It is Jesus Christ who pronounces the anathema or accords the favor. So that when the Pope speaks, we have no business to examine, we have to obey. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 For, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Blasphemy it's not only when you insult the Holy Spirit but also when a man claims to be God on earth or has the powers to forgive sins. We will learn more about this in the book of Revelation and Daniel. For many years, people believed that Mount Sinai or Horeb was on the Sinai Peninsula in southern Egypt, but no evidence was ever found. In 1970 some people discovered a supposed place that could be the real one, but when they tried to enter that land to research, they were arrested and the videos and photos were confiscated. In 2003, two researchers went after this information and finally discovered the actual place where Exodus occurred. The name of the real Mount Sinai is Jabal al-Laz in Saudi Arabia. On the way to the Gulf of Suez, it would not be possible for the children of Israel to pass through because anywhere in the ocean, everyone would fall into a vast hole. Also, the Bible says that they went out of Egypt, not elsewhere within the country. There are two possible paths for crossing, both are in the Gulf of Aqaba, the first is called Nueva, and the second is the Strait of Tehran, both would be shallow enough for all the people of Israel to cross with divided waters and arrive in Midian which is in Saudi Arabia, this would explain a lot because the Arabs hate the Jews, and God delivered the Jews out of the hands of the Egyptians, because of this hatred. The Arab government has always tried to hide this fact from the world, so, any. Jew or Christian would ever explore those lands, they also put fences and armed military, so no one dared to pass or get close to the mountain. In 2020, other researchers went to the place and talked to a man who was part of Jihad, he confessed in his testimony that they knew the whole time that this was the real Mount Sinai and the government also knew, but they wanted people far from there, and even some Muslims did not know about this fact. But God always reveals the hidden secrets, and thanks to him, now the world knows the truth. After an expedition at sea, corals with the shape of the carriage wheels were found, and the metal detector confirmed that gold and silver don't undergo oxidation, the Egyptians had their carriages plated in gold. The archaeologists retraced the path of Exodus, at the first stop, they found the bitter waters in Mara as described in the Bible, after that, they found the twelve wells and many palm trees in Elim. Arab archaeologists found scrolls proving that Moses was in the caves, the same cave where Elijah took refuge. 1 Kings 19 verse 8 In the place where people made the golden calf to worship it, there are petroglyphs in the shape of oxen on the stones, following the path of the children of Israel, was also found the altar that Moses built at the foot of the mountain, with the twelve stones symbolizing the twelve tribes of Israel and the rock that Moses struck, and water came out of it for the people to drink, this place was called Massa and Meribah. 
The top of the mountain is charred, and the color is very dark, unlike all the other mountains ever seen. In the Bible, it says that God descended on it like a fire. Some thought the top was charred because it could be a volcano, but archaeologists broke some stones, and they have really melted around and had granite inside. The volcanic rocks are of affinite texture, which means that they have crystals of microscopic dimension, which proves the mountain is not a volcano. Also, they found many acacia trees, the same wood used to make the Ark of the Covenant. At the end of this study, there is fascinating information about this place that connects the past, present, and future. Exodus 15 verse 27. 27. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Exodus 17 verse 6. 6. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Exodus 19 verse 18. 18. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. Exodus 24 verse 3. For, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up twelve stone pillars representing the twelve tribes of Israel. Exodus 25 verse 10. 10. Have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Check out the pictures in the text. In the documentary Bible Secrets Revealed Season 1, Episode 2, The Promised Land, published in 2013. They say that, researchers doubt that the exodus really happened, because absolutely nothing has been found in centuries of excavations. Professor of Religious Studies Robert Cargill said. The problem we have is that, our faith tells us one thing, and the evidence, data and facts tell us something else. So, do I cling to my faith and deny the reality, the experience, the facts, the evidence, or, do I embrace my experience, my reality, and rethink the way I think about God? But, He is the God who reveals the occult and the hidden, and this discovery removes all doubt that the Bible is a lie, because, it proves that, the path traveled by the children of Israel corresponds exactly to the evidence found and that the mountain with the charred top and the molten stones proves that God really manifested himself in the form of fire. After God gave Moses the tablets with the commandments, God commanded him to build a tabernacle and placed Aaron as a high priest, only he and those from the tribe of Levi could have access to it. Note: Only priests could enter God's presence and minister in his name in the tabernacle, this changed after the coming of Jesus. God also commanded him to build an ark to place the tablets. This was called the Ark of the Covenant. In the tabernacle, sacrifices of pure animals were offered for the expiation for sins. This was called a holocaust. Only perfect animals were accepted. In the tabernacle they also had the menorah. It is a seven-lamp chandelier which means the burning bush that God used to talk to Moses. After years in the wilderness, Moses appointed Joshua as his successor according to God's will. Moses went to Mount Moab, modern-day Jordan, and saw the promised land, God said you would see it, but you will not enter it because when Moses struck water from the rock, he did not tell the people that it was God, instead of he flattered himself, he died at 120 years old. 
He also prophesied the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. Deuteronomy 18 verses 15 to 22. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Joshua led the people of Israel to the promised land, and God also performed many miracles through him. When the time came for the Israelites to cross the Jordan River, God ordered Joshua to say to the people, the priests must take the Ark of the Covenant and go ahead. When they step on the water of the Jordan River, the water will stop flowing. They passed through the river on dry land, as when God divided the waters in the Red Sea. God sent spies to Jericho, and they almost got caught, but a prostitute named Rahab helped them flee, she was converted, and God forgave her, later, she gave birth to Boaz, who married Ruth and formed King David's lineage. They then asked her to leave a red rope in the window because they would return and kill everyone in the city except her and her family. God said to Joshua, you and your warriors must march around the city of Jericho. Do this once a day for six days. Take the Ark of the Covenant with you. Seven priests must go ahead and blow their trumpets. On the seventh day, they must march around the city seven times. Then touch the trumpets loudly, all giving a great battle cry. And the walls will fall apart. They conquered Jericho and all the cities of Canaan. All the land was distributed among the twelve tribes of Israel. God asked them to marry each other because the Canaanites were pagans, and he did not want them to corrupt themselves again. Joshua died at 110 years old. After Joshua, God sent many judges to protect the people of Israel, starting with Othniel to Samuel, one named Samson, played an essential part in the history of the Hebrews. God chose him when he was born and told his mother never to cut his hair because that's where his strength came from. Samson killed a lion with his hands and defeated the Philistines every time, they were an evil people who lived in Canaan and hated the Hebrews, one day Samson got involved with Delilah, the Philistines paid her to find out his secret of strength, he told her everything, and Delilah said the Philistines. They asked her to cut his hair so they could finally defeat him, she cut his hair while he was sleeping, when he woke up, he lost his strength, and they captured him, they pierced his eyes and enslaved him. One day the Philistines threw a party for the god Dagon, and Samson was next to the main columns of the building, he prayed to God, asking for his strength back, and cried out, let me die with the Philistines. Samson pushed the columns, and the building collapsed, and he and three thousand Philistines died. Anna was sterile and asked God for a son, God heard her and sent her Samuel, when he was five years old, he was sent to the tabernacle to serve God, he grew up and became the last of the judges during the war with the Philistines, the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the enemy, and stayed seven months with them, God brought devastation on them and filled them with tumors, everyone was terrified, and they sent the Ark back to Beth Shemesh with much gold. Years later, the people of Israel asked for a king, God chose Saul and asked Samuel to anoint him as king, his reign began well, God was with him, and Saul won many, many battles until Saul's arrogance and pride displeased God, so, God spoke to Samuel and asked him to anoint a poor shepherd named David, who was a descendant of Boaz and Ruth, his great-grandparents, he lived in Bethlehem. David used to play the harp, composed many hymns to the Lord, and also wrote most of the book of Psalms of the Bible, Saul pleased him and called him to work with him, 
David had a pure heart, and King Saul liked him. One day the army went out in battle against the Philistines, but God was no longer with Saul, and he knew it but said nothing to anyone, the Philistine army was twice the size, and they knew they were going to be defeated, the Philistine general then said, if you defeat our only warrior we will be your slaves. Otherwise, you will be our slaves, this warrior was a giant called Goliath, it was normal then, and to this day, some people can reach up to 8 feet 2 inches high. Everyone was terrified, and the only one who agreed to face him was David, all the soldiers laughed at him, but he had already killed a bear with his slingshot, and God gave David the victory over the giant, he took the slingshot and hit a stone in the middle of the giant's forehead and knocked him down, David took the giant's sword and cut off his head, the Philistines panicked and fled, David then became a soldier. All Israel loved him, David never lost a war. Saul began to be envious of him, but his son Jonathan said, Do not hurt David, he only helped you all those years. Saul became paranoid and sent men to kill him, David fled and spent seven years hidden from Saul. During his escape, the prophet Samuel died of natural causes. Note. This fact was proven by science. To kill somebody by an impact on the brain, it should be anything over 3,000 newtons spread over an area of 30 millimeters squared. Wispons is the slingshot champion and went to the Holy Land to test a replica Iron Age woolen sling and stone. He was investigating the exact technique David himself would have used to bring down Goliath. He erected a nine-foot Goliath target, whose forehead is represented by a load cell device that measures impact. It's only 4.6 square inches in area, equivalent to the region of Goliath's forehead that wasn't protected by armor. The device would tell how much force would have hit Goliath's skull. When Elwes hit the device, it showed 3.62 newtons, which means that it was sufficient to kill Goliath or any person with a single sling and stone. Saul and his son Jonathan went to battle against the Philistines, Jonathan died, and Saul committed suicide, David got very sad because he did not want any of them to die. David returned to the city of Hebron, and Samuel anointed him king over Judah. In the north, Saul's son Ishbosheth was also anointed king of Israel and war ensued until Ishbosheth was murdered, David was 30 years old when he became king. David unified all Israel because God was with him, and David was obedient to him. David took the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and wanted to build a temple for the Lord, God rejoiced at the idea but said he wanted his son to build the temple for him. However, when he got older, he made a severe mistake, David was married to several women, but one day he saw a beautiful woman named Bathsheba married to a soldier called Uriah, he was always at war, and David wanted her so much that he summoned her to the palace, she got pregnant, he was worried how she would explain the pregnancy, and conspired with the captain of the guard to put Uriel at the first line of his army to be killed when this happened David married her. David provoked God's wrath, God sent the prophet Nathan to warn him that he was seeing everything and would punish him by killing his son with Bathsheba, David tore his clothes, humbled himself, and repented, God had mercy and did not kill David, but said he would punish him in his own house. After the child's death, his eldest son Amnon raped his sister Tamar, and his other son Absalom got furious and killed Amnon, a while later, Absalom plotted against David and proclaimed himself king, during the war, Absalom's forces are routed at the Battle of the Wood of Ephraim, and his long hair catches him in the branches of a tree where, 
contrary to David's order, he was killed by Joab, the commander of David's army. When David is old and bedridden, Adonijah, his eldest surviving son and natural heir, declares himself king, but David ordered the priest to anoint Solomon as Solomon's head the other son he had with Bathsheba, he died at the age of seventy after reigning for forty years. Solomon then became king of Israel, he prayed to the Lord and asked for wisdom because he was very young and did not know how to rule, God was pleased with him and said, because you did not ask for long life, and no wealth, I will give you everything you did not ask for, riches, wisdom, and glories. He became the wisest king, everyone got admired when his speeches. In the fourth year of his rule, he began the construction of the temple of the Lord, which took seven years to be ready, it was built with a lot of gold and silver, and there was also a special room like in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was, it was in a room separated by a veil, where only the high priest had access, and only once a year, in Solomon's time his name was Zadok. Note. As we learned earlier, the high priest was the chosen one of the Lord to be in God's presence and offer sacrifices, the burnt offering, to expiation for his sins and the people of Israel. Many kings from foreign lands visited Solomon and did much good business with him. Because of this, they gave their daughters to him as wives and a political alliance. However, they were pagans and were not faithful to the only God. Solomon ended up being away from the Lord and building temples for Baal and other pagan gods. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. The wives were described as foreign princesses, including Pharaoh's daughter. Solomon's wives turned his heart after other gods, Solomon became a tyrant, and God was angry and said, I will take away your kingdom and give it to another man, but I will do this in the government of his son. Solomon reigned for forty years and died, so his son Rehoboam assumed the throne, he was even more wicked to the people. There was a righteous man who worked on the construction of the temple named Jeroboam, the prophet Ijah found him, tore his clothes into twelve pieces, gave him ten, and said that he would rule the ten tribes of Israel and only two would remain with Rehoboam. The people then placed Jeroboam as king of the ten tribes and Rehoboam with the tribe of Benjamin and Judah. That's how Israel was divided, the kingdom of Jeroboam was called the kingdom of Israel, and Rehoboam was the kingdom of Judah, Jerusalem was part of this kingdom. The unified kingdom lasted from 1003-915 BC. Jeroboam did not allow people to go to the temple in Jerusalem to pray. Instead, he made two golden calves and made the people worship them, and once again, the people did what the Lord disapproved, worship statues and images, because of this, the two kingdoms began to have problems, and crime and violence took over everything, and also during the reign of Rehoboam, Egypt stole many treasures from the temple. After Jeroboam's death, king after king was evil and did what the Lord disapproved of the idolatry. Even though the people had turned away from God, he still sent many prophets for the people to turn back to him, but the Israelites ended up killing them all. Ahab was an arrogant king, but he was afraid of the prophets of the Lord, he was married to several women since God was not with him, the kingdom of Israel suffered many threats from Assyria, modern-day Syria, and because of these threats Ahab decided to ally with the kingdom of Phoenicia, modern-day Lebanon, and got engaged to Jezebel she was an evil woman. She was a priestess of Baal, at that time, God sent the prophet Elijah to try to open the eyes of the chosen people from idolatry. 
Ahab warned that he would build a temple for Baal in Samaria to please Jezebel and that they would marry her in the temple after it is finished, God used Elijah to try to open Ahab's Ahab's eyes and ears, but Ahab ignored him. One day God sent Elijah to warn Ahab, he said, any drop of water will fall on that land, because of your stubbornness in worshipping other gods. Jezebel got angry and ordered to hunt Elijah, he went away from Samaria, but God took care of him the whole time, God fed him through. Note. We often think that what kind of God is that, who makes his own people hungry, who abandons people, but was it really him who abandoned us? Or we are the ones who went away from him to worship false gods, and this means not only when we worship images and statues, but also when we love someone more than God as mother, father, husband, wife, son, daughter, or even ourselves more than God, and or especially money, or material goods and forget that if it were not for him, we would have nothing, because he owns everything. So while we are close to the Lord we are protected, but when we are away from him, we are on our own, so the devil comes and take everything from us, our healthy, our money, our peace etc. Jezebel had all the prophets of the Lord killed, some managed to escape and hid in caves, Three years later, God spoke to Elijah and told him to go to Ahab and say that he would send rain again. Elijah also asked Ahab to summon all 450 Baal prophets and 400 prophets of Asherah on Mount Carmel and all the people of Israel. Elijah proposes a direct test of the powers of Baal and God, he and Baal's prophets will each take one of two bulls, prepare it for sacrifice, and lay it on wood, but put no fire to it. Elijah then invites them to pray for fire to light the sacrifice. They pray from morning to noon without success. Elijah ridicules their efforts. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud. Surely he is a god, either he is meditating, or he has wandered away, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. After all the efforts of Baal's prophets, nothing happened. Elijah then repaired the Lord's altar with twelve stones, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. He prepared the sacrifice and asked God to accept it. 1 Kings 18 verses 36-37 36. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. 37. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Fire fell from the sky, consuming the sacrifice, the altar's stones, the earth, and the water in the trench. When the people see this, they declare, The Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. Elijah then ordered them to kill the prophets of Baal, which they did. Then the rains began signaling the end of the famine. When Jezebel learned what happened, she demanded Elijah be killed, he then fled and prayed to God, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life away, I'm no better than my ancestors. Elijah traveled forty days to Mount Horeb, the same place where Moses had received the Ten Commandments, he sought shelter in a cave, and God sent him out again, this time to Damascus to anoint Hazael as king of Aram, Jehu as king of Israel and Elisha as his replacement. Ahab went to war against Assyria, and God said he would give him victory, but everyone had to be killed in battle, Ahab disobeyed and did not kill the king of Assyria.
Ahab desired to have Naboth's vineyard to make a vegetable garden and told him, to give me this vineyard that I'll give you a better one, or I'll pay whatever you want, Naboth said it was his parents' inheritance, and he couldn't do it. Ahab got sad, and Jezebel asked why, and he told her, she said she would get him the vineyard anyway, Jezebel, however, plots a method for acquiring the land, the plot is carried out, and Naboth and his sons were stoned to death so that the vineyard had no heirs. Ahab took possession of the vineyard. God again speaks to Elijah and sends him to confront Ahab, telling him that his actions made him the enemy of God. Elijah tells Ahab that his entire kingdom will reject his authority, that dogs within Jezreel will eat Jezebel, and that his family will be consumed by dogs as well, if they die in a city, or birds, if they die in the country. When Ahab hears this, he repents to such a degree that God relents in punishing Ahab but will punish Jezebel and their son Ahaziah. Ahab returned to war, and due to his disobedience to free the king of Assyria, he ended up dying at his hands. Jehu's soldiers invaded the palace, and Jezebel was pushed by the window, when they went back to bury her, she had been eaten by the dogs, Jehu became king of Israel and killed all the descendants of Ahab as the Lord prophesied. When Elijah finished his time on earth serving God, Elisha asked Elijah to let a double portion of Elijah's spirit be upon him. Elijah agreed, with the condition that Elisha would see him be taken. Elijah, in company with Elisha, approaches Jordan. He rolls up his mantle and strikes the water. The water immediately divides, and Elijah and Elisha cross on dry land. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appear, and Elijah is lifted in a whirlwind. As Elijah is raised, his mantle falls to the ground, and Elisha picks it up. Elijah was so faithful and obedient to the Lord that he didn't want Elijah to go through death, so he took Elijah with him. The Lord did many miracles through Elisha during his journey. The people of Samaria were becoming idolatrous people, and the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah no longer get along because the king of Judah Jehoshaphat was God-fearing, he reigned between 870 BC, 845 BC. Note. God is so merciful that no matter how much the people did what he disapproves of, he always sent a prophet to show the right way to those who were lost. Because of the people's idolatry, God decided to diminish the territory of Israel, allowing the king of Assyria to dominate several territories. Many kings reigned throughout the years, Hosea was the last king of the kingdom of Israel, who reigned from 732 BC, 722 BC, for doing what the Lord disapproves, God let Assyria dominate the entire territory of Samaria and deported all Israelites to Assyria. From that point, the mixture between the Assyrians and the Samaritans began, which was the main reason for the war between the people of Judea and the Samaritans. 650 BC, however, it was around 605 BC that the first Israelites were taken to Babylon. All this happened because the Israelites followed the habits of all the nations that the Lord helped cast out, they were worshipping other gods by building altars, making metal idols in the form of a calf, practiced sorcery and divination, burned their own children in sacrifice to Baal, provoking the wrath of God, the Lord warned Israel and Judah many times through their prophets, but no one listened to them. Note. 
Many people only want to worship a God if it is convenient for them and if that God adjusts to people's wills because they do not want to stop doing their own will to do the will of the true living God. Satan set up all these false religions for us to deviate from God's path and worship him. Yes, because from the moment you bow down before a statue or another God, who is not the only living God, you are worshiping the demon disguised as religion. Sorcery is something disapproved by God. When someone resorts to sorcery, they are breaking God's commandments. We can understand some practices such as sorcery, esotericism, horoscope, hand reading, card reading, divination, black or white magic, consulting spirits or angels, consulting the dead, healing or healing rituals, mediumship, astrology, witchcraft, Scientology, superstitions, incorporating spirits, masonry, Mormonism. Such practices take us away from God, as happened with the Israelites, making them hostages to deceit. While sorcery holds us, Jesus sets us free. If you are involved with witchcraft, know there is still time to move away from these practices. Your future belongs to God, and He loves you. Leviticus 19 verse 31 31 Do not turn to mediums or seek those who consult spirits, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God.